Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I tell you, man, welcome to the church online. Welcome to the church. Um, I'm, I don't know. I missed you guys so much. I miss being here with y'all. And you're like, dude, you're totally not there with us because we're not there and you're there. No, man, you're there. You're right there, right? You're right. I'm right here, right? And we're right here together. Amen? So praise the Lord. Amen? And so I am thankful for that. I missed you guys. Things got crazy. Some of y'all know what happened. All right? I, uh, some of you don't. I, I had a, a pretty major uh, battle with um, not as major as many that have had it, but a pretty intense battle with this corona um, virus. Uh, and, and I got to watch um, God do what he does in these situations and was ready for him to do whatever he wanted to do. It took a little while to get there, man. And so, um, but, but praise the Lord. So Today is going to be a little bit different um, than normal when I preach. I don't have a bunch of points for you to follow along. I may have some statements that you may want to write down. If not, who cares, man? Uh, I do have so, a word that God has given us, and I believe uh, it is especially for a time like right now. All right? And so um, I don't have a big take-home for you, man. And so I, I, I just want to share an experience uh, that I had over this past three, four weeks or whatever. And, um, and I believe God wants me to share this with you. And hopefully it's going to encourage you. Hopefully it will help lead you. Hopefully it will help guide you, especially in this time that we find all of us going through. So what I'm going to do is I, I'm going to share someone else's story, right, uh, that became my story okay, that, uh, that God wanted to be his story, all right? I'm going to share somebody else's story that became my story that God wanted to be his story. And so pray with me. Father, we just give you the praise. We just give you the glory, Lord God. We just give you the honor, Lord. And we pray right now together for everyone who is struggling with this pandemic with this virus, with this junk, all right? And we just pray in the name of Jesus Christ that what maybe the enemy meant for evil that we can use for good and we could use for your glory, Lord God. I pray for so many that have lost people in this situation, in this time right now, who are fear in fear of losing someone right now, Lord God. This is not to be taken lightly. This is, this is our heart, Lord God. And we are praying, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would comfort them and would hold them, Lord God, and remind them that you are still in control, no matter how we think things should go or how things have gone, that you are ultimately in control for your glory, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, the one who died, who was buried and rose again, our King Jesus, Lord God, and we are washed by his blood, we are saved by his blood, we are redeemed by his blood, Lord God, and we are encouraged by his resurrection, and we just give you the thanks in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, man. You can say amen right where you're at, in your car. Tell somebody driving next to you, amen. All right. Look at your family and say, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So what happened, man, was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, what happened was uh, somebody extremely dear to me, very, very dear to me. Uh, I discovered that the virus had hit her house okay, and her husband. And so I started to join her in prayer for her husband and, and, and for her, knowing that it was probably going to come near her um, and, and for, their, for their family, their little family that they had. 
And it wasn't hard to pray, man, because I love her so much. It was, it was actually pretty easy to pray. But I, I wanted to pray in a way that wasn't just take a couple of prayers, call me in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Take a couple of scriptures, call me in the morning. I wanted to join the pain. I wanted to join the suffering. I wanted to join the confusion. And I wanted to join just basically what was taking place in that house. And we were miles apart, hundreds of miles apart. Okay? And so I asked God, help me to pray for her. Help me to pray for her family as if my life depended on it. We talked about that a little over a month ago. Remember? I don't know if you remember. But I wanted to pray into her situation like my life depended on it. And I started to pray with her. And I started to see hope in the scriptures. And I started to see hope in the promises that God has given. And I started praying with her into the, into the word of God, into the promises of God. And there was, I was encouraged. And I was, I was seeing a little bit more of encouragement come into her family. And I wanted to get deeper with this prayer because I personally, being a pastor in the church, all right, know that it would be my job to go there and to anoint her with oil and to pray over her and her family with oil. But I couldn't. And so I asked, you know, I asked her while we were talking on the phone, is it okay, you know, if I just, I'm going to take some oil, I'm going to put it on my hand, and I want you to receive this anointing right now, even while we're on the phone and you're way over there. And I did, and she received it, and we just prayed, and I asked her to pray that same anointing over her, over her family. And sure enough, we saw God do what, 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 what you know, what we were asking him to do. Sometimes I get it, man. Sometimes it doesn't go that way. Why does, why does God save one house and then another house? Is that, what, what? I don't know. I don't know. All right? All I know is that I was praying with my sister, man, all right, with, with my spiritual daughter, and we were praying into this. And we started to see some healing take place. We started to see breathing come back and, 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 and hope restored. And it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. And we started to bless the Lord. And then soon after, her story became my story. As I started to feel sick. And I started to be concerned because anybody right now that gets sick or that has a fever, what is your first concern? I got it, right? I got it. And it's crazy because, you know, here's what I know. The scriptures are filled with promises of God. They're filled with promises of healing and blessing and, and, and restoration, all right, and removing sickness from among you and stuff like that. They're filled with them. And I love praying those prayers over you and other people. I love praying them over my family. I love praying those promises for other people. <laughs> because... When confronted with it myself, I find a truth that I'm not too happy with. And I, maybe it's just me. I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but I find it so much easier to pray and believe God's promises for other people than I do myself. You ever come across that? Maybe it's just me, but I got to share this testimony. I find it easier to pray those promises over, over her and him and them and you, all right? And then when it comes to praying them for myself, I have a struggle, a struggle. And I am reaching for other people to pray for me because I don't know how to pray for myself sometimes. And that's, that's, 
That's not what God wants for us. I know that. This is a crazy thing about the promises of God. And when you're trying to own them for ourselves, we find ourselves all the way back to the garden. And I love the pastors here. They've been talking a lot of references to the garden and to the garden. And it's funny because we find ourselves all the way back to the garden here where, where the enemy is telling Eve, the serpent is telling Eve, did God really say? Did he really say that? And, 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 and his age-old tactic is still working in our lives, it seems. Because when we're trying to own a promise of God for ourselves, we're struck with those words. Did God really say that? Or did he really say it for you? Was that really meant for you? And he starts to infuse doubt and infuse confusion all right, and, and then we start to believe, all right, that lie that maybe God didn't say that for me. You know, like, like, like you're just not good enough for God to speak to in that way. And then we end up believing the enemy. This is crazy. We end up believing the enemy. And then when God doesn't keep his promise, we blame God. We're like, you know what? when in fact we didn't really believe he was going to do it in the first place. And it's kind of crazy to think about. We get mad at God for not keeping his promises. So what happened when, 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 when that story became my story, when, when my, my spiritual daughter's story became my story, not by any fault of her own or anything like that. Again, she was hundreds of miles away. I got a fever. I started tripping. And then it got weird, all right? When that story became my story. I remember one day I'm out there watering the lawn, man. I do daily, I mean. I'm trying to grow some new lawn around the house and so you gotta water it all the time. I'm out there watering and I just didn't feel right. And I went to touch my head and I, had a, I felt warm. I went into the house, man. I took my temperature and it was almost 102. And I was like, uh, you know, you throw your hands at me, you're like, oh, man, I got hit. Immediately, I told Debbie, you know, I'm, I got a fever, and now I got to stay back from you. Our grandson is up staying with us for the summer. We got our grandkids coming by, and our family's always, you know, our family's always around each other. All right? And then, and then, and then now I, I, I have to self-quarantine in this room downstairs by myself, all right? And I know you're thinking, well, why didn't you call us? Because I'm tripping, man. I don't want you to hurt. I don't want you to feel my pain when in fact, that's what we're supposed to do, right? And I start tripping, man, you know, because um, my doctor would tell me, be careful, you don't get this. Because you guys know my voice every once in a while is not good, you know, and then my, my, I'm coughing a lot sometimes, you know, because she's, she's telling me, you know, in a professional, uh, uh, that, that I have something going on with my lungs, and I've told you this before. I don't quite agree with it because I want to agree with God healed, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, she, but she said, look, be careful, you don't get this junk, man, because you're one of those, uh, you're part of the population that is, you know, um, that shouldn't get this. You know what I'm talking? You know the, the, the list of people, hey, don't, if you got this, 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 and this, don't get this stuff. And so now I'm tripping. I haven't been tested or anything, but I got, a, I got a fever one day, and then I have a fever all night, and then I have a fever in the morning. 
And obviously I'm tripping like, okay, well, I wasn't supposed to get this. I was told not to get this. Medically, professionally, don't get this. So now what does that mean, man? Does this mean that, you know, and then you start thinking about all those things because, you know, you hear the stories, you know, that they're running out of beds and running out of ventilators and soon they're going to be, you know, you know, deciding who gets one and who doesn't get one, depending on your quality of life or whatever. I don't know what the, what the criteria is, but they're doing what they got to do. I understand it because this thing is crazy. And so I'm tripping, man. I'm ready to be with the Lord. Don't get it twisted. I'm ready to be with the Lord. I'm to today, man. If I passed out and died right here, I'm ready to be with the Lord. No problem. But my I'm, I'm, my family's not ready for me to be not be here. I don't know if it ever will be. All right, but there's some things that I'm supposed to be doing. I know that God has sent me to do, and I haven't done them yet. And I'm like tripping, like okay, and I'm like feeling bad, like Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't finish this, I didn't finish this, and you know, and I'm thinking about my family, I'm thinking about you know how how financially how we're we gonna, you know, you start thinking of all this stuff, you start tripping, right? And I'm and I'm going through all this, man. All right, and then and then, and then it gets weird. Right? I got a fever, uh, I start tripping, and then it gets weird because I'm seeing my grandkids, man, and I can't touch them because I'm afraid I'm going to hurt them by hugging them. That a kiss could do some serious damage. That is weird. That is a, that is a crazy feeling. And then you isolate more. And you isolate more, and I'm, and I'm just quarantining myself in this room. And I still haven't got my, my t- the test, or you know, and then and then and I'm tripping in this room, man. And then and then you know I know I'm gonna have to go get a test, but it's the weekend. I'll go in Monday and stuff like that. And and, I, and I'm and I'm tripping, man, because my grandkids are like, hey, grab, and I'm like, hey, Papa, you know, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I can't stay back, stay back. And I feel like, you know, what am I doing? I've never ever told my grandkids or my family to stay away. I've never, Debbie and I have a habit. Every morning we kiss and we say good morning and I can't do it because I'm afraid I'm going to hurt her. It got weird, man. That's so why I would go downstairs and I would close the door. And I didn't feel like watching a bunch of TV or a bunch of shows. I was asking God, what do you want me to do? Because it started getting a little dark in there. And I remember the story of this pastor who uh, who's kind of very popular, you know, on the scene pastor. And he had to self-quarantine. And I remember his story, how he was sharing, like, you know what? It just got really dark. And, and he started to get really fearful. And it just started to, and I was like, I don't want that to be my story. I don't want that to be my story. And so I had to decide, all right, what are you going to do right now? Because you have two options. You have two options, man. That's how I saw it. I'm sitting in this room. It's dark, all right? I'm afraid to hurt my family, all right? And so what am I going to do? All right, I'm thinking about my, my lungs. Am I going to wake up in the middle of the night not being able to breathe? Is that going to be it? All right, did I, leave my fi- did I financially leave my wife settled? You know, is everything okay relationally? Are they, you know, all this stuff, man. And I had two options. Either I'm going to continue to worry or I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. Live or die. I'm going to live or die worrying or I'm going to live or die worshiping, man. What's it going to be? The choice was mine. The choice was mine. Either I'm going to worry 
or I'm going to worship. You see, with my sister, my spiritual daughter, I, I chose to encourage her to worship. And I led her, the best I tried to lead her, at least as far as dependent on me, away from worrying. I've told you before that worrying to me is just wasted imagination. Right, but now is the time to practice what I preach. And what's crazy, because I wanted to be encouraged in the scriptures, and I decided I'm going to worship. And I went into the downstairs bathroom because it's a bedroom and a bathroom. And I went in there and I took the oil that I had and I just started to just put it on my head. And I just started to proclaim the presence of God in my life. And I, 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 I was like, live or die, I'm gonna worship you. No matter what, I'm gonna worship you. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be right here. And I, and I was looking for, I was like, okay, God, where, where do you want me in the word? Where do you want me in the scriptures? Where do you want me uh, to, you know, what position, what, where, 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 you know, I, when I was talking to my, to, to, to my girl there, man, and my, my, my little homegirl there, I was, I had all kinds of scripture just kept coming, man. It just kept coming because God was downloading and I was sharing with her, downloading and sharing, downloading and sharing. And then now for myself, I was like, oh, I don't have any of that. I'm like, you know, I don't want to just, like, just, just, you know, Bible roulette, man, and just, brrr, boom, okay, right here, let's claim this. And so I was asking God, where do you want me? And it was crazy, man, because this psalm kept coming back to me, right? And it was, it was the crazy thing about this psalm is because I've often hesitated with this psalm because I've heard so many times how this psalm has just seemed to be used as, like, take two Psalms 91s and call me in the morning. Take two Psalms 91s and call me a warning. Here's a Psalm 91. Here's a Psalm 91. And we're just passing it out. And I, and I was like, God, I don't want to just kind of like, just, just kind of take a prescription. I wanted to own this. And God kept telling me, no, I want, you to, I want you to open this up. You've been avoiding this Psalm for years. And I want you to open it up. And so I did. And in and, and, and Psalms 91, all right, I'm just going to read it through. But then I'm going to tell you how what happened because of what happened because of this is insane. All right, Father's your word, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, for everyone listening, for myself, Lord God, and uh, Lord, that, that would penetrate. It, it, it would literally just, just penetrate whatever walls that we have, whatever defenses we think that we need. And we would just be open and naked in front of your word for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. Psalms 91, there's only 16 verses, stay with me. I'm going to read it through, and then I want to, it gets crazy, it's, it got really wild. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence, sicknesses, diseases. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror 
of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. And what's crazy is, man, is, is, is that night is when I would trip the most. And it was, because, it was weird because I felt the, the, the sickest at night and in the morning. And then in the day, about, at about 10 o'clock, I started to feel a little bit better. Not quite, but still very, very, very tired. All right. And, and, then, and then when night, evening would come, again, it would just all come back. The fever would come back. The coffee and the craziness, all that stuff would come back. He says, you will not fear the terror of the night, but I already kind of was. Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right, but it will not come near to you. And I'm like, but it already has. So what do I do about that? You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because, just because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high, who is my refuge. No evil shall befall you and no plague come near your tent. And I just wanted my tent to be safe, my babies to be safe, my wife to be safe, my kids to be safe. But the plague had already come inside the tent. So what are you going to do with that, Lord? You see why I had a problem reading this psalm? But he led me to it, man. And he told me, stay with me. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And I remembered the last year he gave all of us a promise and he told us to hold fast. He said, behold, I send my angel before you to guard you, all right, and to bring you to the place that I prepared for you. I don't know if you remember that. It was Exodus 23, 20. And along with that came some instruction and some life to live and some promises to own. One of them being I will remove sickness from you, from among you. I thought that was a pretty big promise. And I'm not going to lie, I had a little bit of doubt. Because wait a second, I see sickness all around. And now I was sick. On their hands, they'll bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot because, look what he says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. And when he calls, I'll answer him. I'm like, I'm calling, man. I'm calling. I'm listening and I'm waiting for an answer. I will be with him in trouble. I'm like, I'm in trouble, man. I need you with me. You're in trouble maybe right now. You know somebody who's in trouble and they need the presence of the Lord. I will rescue him and honor him with long life or with length of days, better translated. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. A lot of times when I read the scriptures, especially the Psalms, I read this beautiful exhortation, this beautiful encouragement. But I'm always reminding myself, reminding myself, 
can I actually own, all right, this, 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 this position? Can I, own, can I own this promise, all right, without the position? So many times, here's what I've seen. So many times I've looked at this, and, you know, and I had to ask myself, am I even where the reader right here, the promised one, should be in order to receive this presence? Am I actually here? Because I'm seeing a lot of this stuff. I believe that God is good. I believe that his word is true. And I believe that what he says, he means, and it will happen. I believe that. But now I'm having to own this for myself and I'm asking myself, am I in the position that can receive, that, you know, that, that can receive this promise? We want the promise, right? We want the promise, but so many times we want it without the position. Sometimes we want the promise without even being present. Lord, just drop it in the mail. I'll go check the mail tomorrow and see if my promise came. So many times, man, we want the promise without even the promiser. But here's what I have discovered, and I, 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 put, I, made, I just wrote this, and I asked them to put this on the screen for you, that God is all present, all right? But there is something way different about his presence when you are present with him. God is all present. His word is always present. His promises are always present. But there is something way different, all right, when you choose to be present. There's something way different about his presence when, when you choose to be present with him. God is everywhere. He's right here. He's right there. He's all over the place. The question often always actually is, are you present with him? Because there is something way different about his presence when you are. God made me some promises. But I had to be present for these promises. Check out. What, what blew up for me, and I'll just take the remainder of this little bit of time we have to kind of share this. I had to go back and I read this Psalms because all those promises in there were pretty amazing. But there was this presence that was like, how can you expect these promises without holding this position of presence? And it's in the first two verses of the Psalms. There's so much that takes place there. All right, there's, there's, there's presence. And then there's these names of God that are just like crazy. And I'll just share it with you. Check this out. In Psalms 91, let's take this back to 91 verse 1. And let's just check this out. And I had to get underneath this word before I, can, before I thought I can get on top of these presence, these promises. I needed to be underneath his word and not stand on top of these promises without being underneath him. It's crazy. He says, look at this. Psalms 91.1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He who. The one who is. He who speaks of is of a being of, 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 of there. The one who, not the one who thinks, all right, of the shelter of the Most High. Not the one who just merely reads about the shelter of the Most High, all right. Not the one who, you know, just says, oh yeah, that's pretty cool, man, who affirms the shelter of the Most High. But the one who is, all right, who is, who is what? Who dwells, all right, who's not just visiting, all right. But, 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 but speaking of one who actually is, he who 
dwells, who, now I told you this before, don't just bring your luggage anymore, all right? All right, unpack, bring all your stuff, bring all your furniture, all right? Uh, close out the lease on where you were at before and say, that is no longer my residence. I reside here. I dwell here. He who lives in the shelter of the Most High. Some of your translations say, in the secret place of the Most High. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. And I had to ask myself, all right? And I had to ask myself because I started to just get on my knees in the bathroom at moment by moment, not just once a day. It was, and, and it wasn't like, God, heal me. Oh, God, heal me. Oh, God, heal me. Yes, I'm asking for healing, but you know what? I wanted more than healing. I wanted to be, no, I wanted to know for a fact that I lived in His shelter, that I lived there, that I wasn't just visiting. That I owned, that I had my, that I, that, I, that I kicked it, not only in his house, but I was in his room. I wanted to know that I was with him. Because again, live or die. All right, I'm ready to live. I think I'm ready to live. I was definitely ready to die. And, I, and I'm praising the Lord because of the, 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 the cross of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right, I am def- totally ready to die. But God wanted to say, are you ready to, are you really, 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 really ready to live? For me, with me, oops. Really, it's gonna do that. (laughs) Are you really ready to live? Because here's what I recognize, all right? If I'm praying to, to know that I am in this dwelling place, and where was I before? I was talking to my brother Paul, man, and, and he was telling me the same thing. He was like, okay, if we're, if we're praying our way in, then where were we before we went in? Right? Where were we before that? I'm, 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 I'm a multitasker, right? I'm, I, 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 I can do a lot of things at a lot of different times. Sometimes when I do that too much, I don't do them really well, right? All right, but I was wondering if, if my multitasking led me or allowed me to be multi-present. You know what I mean? Like I'm multitasking, it's like you're doing this and you're doing this and you do this and you're trying to get all these things done, all right? But I'm wondering, am I multi-present with the Lord? I'm totally with you, Lord, but you know what? I'm over here too and I'm over here doing this and I see way down there, I'm gonna have to be over here. But yeah, I'm with you. I didn't want to be multi-present with the Lord. I keep doing that and it's killing me, all right? I don't want to be multi-present with the Lord. I wanted to be in that shelter. Charles Spurgeon, he wrote this about this shelter. He said, every child of God looks toward that inner place. We all look inside. We all want to see what's going on in the shelter of the, of the Most High. We want to see what's happening in God's house, all right? Yet we don't all dwell there in the most holy place. We run in at times and enjoy occasional approaches, but we don't habitually reside in his, in his presence. I wanted to do that. And I started to pursue what that meant and what that looked like. And I just wanted to own that space. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide. 
So there's, a, there's an outcome that comes from that intentional dwelling, that intentional residing. Because I dwell in the shelter of Most High, I will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And what does that actually mean to abide in the shadow of the Almighty? It talks, to, to, to be in somebody's shadow requires some proximity, some closeness. And that closeness, all right, speaks of a relational value. The closer we are, the more, the more valuable that relationship is. Amen? And so I, I started to realize, okay, I want to be so close to him that I not only, that I not only have his shelter over me, I want to smell like him. I want to smell like God because I'm so close to him. You know, you get so close, you get your smell. You ever have somebody with a big sweaty armpit, put their arm around you? Hey, what's up? And you're like, ah. And then like you got their armpit funk on your shoulder all the rest of the day. And it freaks you out. And I'm like, you know, trying to scrub it and sanitize it and all that. But I just want to smell like him. That we're so close, man. And I want to be right here. And suddenly what started to take place is, is, is the promises started to pale. And I started to focus more on the presence, and I just think that's what we need to do. He said, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And that should be all we want right there because everything else comes from that. He says this, he says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. <clears throat> I will say to the Lord, my, my, my security and my, my well high fortified city in him. That's where I live. That's where I want to live. And that's where we need to live. And God is saying, I am all that. And we keep reaching for all these promises and we forget the position and the presence that are way better than the promises. And I just was like, this is where I want to be. He said, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. It was cool because we were in Sermon Prep and, and Emery asked this question. She said, where does, where does your heart have to be in order to be able to say that and believe that? To be able to say, I will, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, you're my fortress. You're my God in whom I trust. Where does your heart have to be in order to say this? Because that is the pursuit. Where does it have to be, man? Because here's, here's what I, I mean, I was, I just, it has to be all in. Trust doesn't, isn't just said, it's acted upon. Now, while in that room and while in that quarantine, I could have opened up, I had my computer in there and everything. I could have opened up and just said, okay, how long is this going to last? When should I start feeling like I can't breathe? How long till I lose my, my taste and my smell? All these, I could have been looking up all this stuff. How, where are we at on the beds now? Are the ventilators still available? You know what I mean? You know, if this happens overnight, am I going to, I could have looked up all that, but I chose to say, you know what, Lord? No, I'm not going to look all that. I'm going to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. I am going to a Abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Live or die. That's where we're going to be. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I didn't want to claim any promises without opening and holding on to any positions. The positions that I should. And I wanted to speak it out. I wanted to say it out loud. 
people would call me and ask me how I'm doing. I remember Pastor Blake texted me and asked me how I'm doing. He would do it every day. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And I didn't want to begin with how I was feeling. I wanted to begin with the truth that I knew that was taking place all around me. And so I would begin. I have one text. I said, I'm trusting. I'm trusting, brother. I'm trying to understand what God is saying to me through Psalms 91, verse 1 and 2. My prayer is that I can truly dwell in the shelter of the Most High to know exactly what that looks like and to be able to do it and to abide in the shadow of the Almighty, to be so close to him that his shadow is constantly over me. I said, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I wanted to say it out loud. I wanted to say it to people. People needed to hear this, that this is my trust. And I truly do trust him. So I'm, I'm trusting and I'm learning to trust and hopefully learning deeper presence. And then I would share what's going on practically. Practically speaking, man, I'm still achy. I'm still a little feverish. I still got some headaches. Been pretty tired. Been resting, been coughing a lot. Trying to stay away from the family right now, which is really, really hard and heartbreaking. I wanted to declare the trust before I declared anything that was taking place because trust supersedes current reality. And I say that because God is the greater reality. And this is where I wanted to be with him. And it was crazy. As I read those verses over again, I noticed something I never noticed, that there were four names for God that were used in just those first two verses. I said, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High... Elion will abide in the shadow of the Almighty, El Shaddai. I say to the Lord, Yahweh, my refuge and my fortress, my God, Elohe, in whom I trust. Four names were used for God at that moment. And I wanted to own those names and I wanted to get underneath those names. And so I started to pray into those names and I would even take oil and anoint each finger. This is just weird stuff I would do, all right? And one was for each name. And I would say, I want to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. And what does that mean? Most High means he is the Most High, that there is no other thing, no other person, no other God, no other nothing that is higher than him. And he is the Most High. And I want to kick it in the Most High's house, all right? Because there is, there is, there, there is, there there is safety, there is refuge, there is a fortress in the most high. There is nothing higher than him. This virus ain't higher, all right? My, my, the fear and the worry is not higher. I want to kick it in the most high who will abide in the shadow of the almighty. And that means that, you know what? Almighty, that there is none mightier, there is none stronger, there is none more powerful than the almighty God. And so I am in the most high's house, I am in the strongest one's house, all right? And I am his. And and I will say to the Lord, Yahweh, the only God. And I'll say, you know what, God, forgive me for having other gods. Forgive me for trusting in myself. For forgive me for trusting in money. Forgive me for trusting in whatever, in work and service. Forgive me for trusting in all those things because you are, Yahweh, you are the only Lord. You are the only God. And I will say to him, Elohe, my God. Because it's not hard for you to say, yeah. Most high God, I agree. It's not hard for you to say, yeah, he's almighty. Nobody created all this stuff but him. He did it all. It's even hard to say, you know what? He's the only Lord, 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 Lord. Yahweh, he's the only one. But can you say, live or die, you're my God. You're my God in whom I trust. I trust. 
regardless of what takes place. And that's where I needed to be. And that's where I wanted to be. And it's crazy. I have this little, another quote for you. It got to the point that with the promise, all right, paled in comparison to being present with the promiser. And that's the only encouragement I have for you today. That hopefully that, you know what, you're, 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 you're asking God, where are you at on this promise? Where are you at on this promise? And, and, and I just want to challenge you. Is the promise more important than the promiser? Because if it is, then, then, then I don't know, something's wrong. I, I truly believe that the, that, the, that the promise needs to pale in comparison to being present in the house of the promiser. What does that look like for you? What does it look like for you? I know Colossians chapter three, verses one through three says, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is with your whole heart, basically. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. For you have died. You've already died. If you've given your life to Christ, you've died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God, in the secret place, in the shelter of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty, in the presence of the only Lord, who is now your God. Here's what I know. There's some stories out there that are coming closer and closer to becoming your story. There's some stories you're watching in the news, you're hearing about, that are coming closer and closer to your home, and I don't want them in your house. I guarantee you, and I'm praying, we're praying for you and your safety and your protection and your covering. But I have to ask you a question. If those stories become your story, are you prepared to make it his story for his glory? Father, we give you the praise, Lord God. We give you the honor. Lord God, we give you the glory. And my prayer, Lord God, is that we can bless your name. That we can bless your name. That we can bless your name with our life. I pray, Father, for everyone watching, Lord God, for healing, Lord God, for, for protection, Lord God. But more than that, I pray, Lord God, for presence with the promiser. Presence with the promiser. It's by your blood, Lord God, we are healed. It's by your blood that we are set free. And we just give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.